0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Trading for Life Redeemed. I'm your host, Dan, and as always, I am with my dad, David Jackson, to talk about all things in the Bible. And today we are looking at Joshua. We continue our progress through Joshua. And I think, Dad, we said we're looking at chapters 5 and 6 today. That's right. That's right. Excellent. And this is episode 39. So I hope you enjoy. Today, Dad, we start off with... Everyone getting circumcised (laughs) Uh, just before they, well, they've just crossed over the Jordan, but everyone needs to be circumcised. Why do they need to be circumcised? Didn't God tell them at Mount Sinai to circumcise their children? Or Abraham, even, not Mount Sinai, Abraham. (laughs) Uh, They were told to circumcise their children on the eighth day and here we are circumcising everyone because it hasn't been done for a whole generation.
1: It says a lot, doesn't it? (laughs) Here we are. Here we are 40 years after we get out of Egypt and there's a whole generation hasn't been circumcised because their parents did not commit to Yahweh. After all that he did to get them out of Egypt and the Passover and all of the miracles and everything else, it's water off a duck's back. And so here you I really feel sorry for these blokes. (laughs) You've, You've got an army of men who are between the ages of 20 and 50. And we've just seen Yahweh part the Jordan River and cross, uh, and here we are in our first base camp in the Promised Land, and the first thing you get told as part of the routine orders for the day is, drop your Dax, we're about to take a slice off. <laughs> this <laughs> Tactically, this is ridiculous. Um, if you remember Shechem, when uh, the king of Shechem's son, spoilt little brat that he was, uh, took Dinah and raped her and used that as a bargaining chip. Her brothers went in, negotiated this real con artist deal uh, with all the men of Shechem. Yeah, you can marry our sister as long as we get to circumcise every man in town. So they so circumcised that, yeah. every man in town. You
0: can come to a slaughter you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and then waited three days till the pain really cut in. So these guys are sitting on soft cushions going, oh, (laughs) and in comes these fellas and kills them all. And so the first thing you do when you're about to invade a foreign country, you cross their border and then you circumcise all your troops. Um, And you've got to know, I mean, Jericho's five clicks down the road. That have been standing, you know, you got these little guys out there, they didn't have binoculars, but they could see, and they're looking across the gully, hiding behind whatever they hid behind, going, what on earth are they doing? As these fellas stagger out of the tent, you know, with their hands on their crotch going, oh. But it's your relationship with God that comes first, not whether you're physically fit enough to go to battle, because God's going to do the fighting, so, and God's not going to fight for you if you haven't committed. Yeah. So okay. at first, I would have done it the other side of the river, but you
0: know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So not, that's not the same kind of faith, Dad. You've got to be, you know, vulnerable when you do it.
1: Oh, and it sends a message to them. I mean, how confident is an army <laughs> that does this five clicks from their military objective? know, in plain sight of all these, you know, of the people of Jericho. It's just yeah, God's making a statement here, um, and it's a lovely statement. It says, first get your relationship with the Lord right, and he'll take care of everything else. If I love has- that.
0: So they then are told to go and attack Jericho. There's a bit of a meeting between God and Joshua to talk about the tactics <laughs> about yep. this attack, and the attack is, Basically, just kind of sit back and watch, do some laps of the city, which probably isn't, actually isn't that big, really. When I went there, I'm like, yeah, it's you can do laps of that in a day quite <laughs> quite happily.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I just love the juxtaposition here that you've got um you know you've got a bunch of guys who are sitting around feeling sorry for themselves, having had the snip, and you know I can't resist the military humour. I mean, you, you name the your camp Hill of Foreskins. Um, and then you, you you name the place where, you know, everybody's camped, Gilgal. Uh, God said he was rolling their foreskin away, um, and they named the place Roly-Poly. <laughs> this is military humour, you know, If you, and it's the same you get with surgical humour, you know. Um, you go into surgery, there's no dignity in having surgery, so you make jokes about it. Yeah. Um, so that, that's what's happening there. They're sort of sitting around laughing their embarrassment away and Joshua goes out to check the perimeter and bumps into Yahweh and has his little Moses moment, take your shoes off, this is holy ground. But I love the language there. Um, You're a sentry, you're going out checking your perimeter, who goes there, friend or foe? And, And God turns around and says, no, mate, I'm the one asking the questions. It's not about whether I'm on your side, it's whether you're on mine. I'm the captain of Yahweh's army. Uh, I'm in charge of this battle. You know, the question is, are you loyal to me? <laughs> uh, so God's made his point. Um, and then it's off to, it's interesting. They go straight into doing Passover. I mean, you can't do Passover if you haven't been circumcised and they cross the river on the day you're supposed to select your sheep, and then they circumcise them, and by the time Passover night comes around four days later, um, you know, Joshua's bumped into the Lord and had his little conversation like Moses, and we've had our feast, we're remembering, and now we're ready to get up in the morning for seven days, a feast of unleavened bread. And for each morning of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, we're going to go for a walk around Jericho with our little flags. Um,
0: well, there's a connection I didn't make. There's a Feast of Unleavened Bread for seven days with the seven walks. It's...
1: Yeah, and there's a pattern there because at the end of the seven, so you've got seven days of creation, seven days is your climax, your day of rest, and then... The next day is a new beginning, a new week. So the eighth day is your new creation day. So eighth day, Jesus rises from the dead. Eighth day, uh, P- Pentecost happens. Um, on this day, by day eight, Jericho's gone. Uh, yeah. And it's all over. So <laughs> I, I just I can't help thinking of – I'm a Monty Python fan, I confess um, – but if you've ever seen like um, Life of Brian, and you, they come to the castle and the guys at the top of the castle are going, "Go away, you silly British pig dogs, or whatever they call them." The
0: Holy them. Grail, Dad.
1: Yeah, the, the, the Holy Grail. That's it. I get a. Are they
0: coconut
1: horses? The, the coconut horses. Yeah. <laughs> Go away, you silly English. Whatever.
0: Niggers. Yeah.
1: Niggots, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, You can just imagine the people of Jericho standing on the battlements like that, watching this army that they're waiting for the attack, walking around waving flags at them and saying, hi, fellas, we're coming. At the end of six days, you you know, they'd be yelling abuse at them and calling them names, and day seven they do it for seven times. Um, It's a two-kilometre walk around Jericho. That would take all day. at the end it's of the day. Seven times. Seven times. Enough. Yeah. It's a 14K all up seventh day hike. And then everybody does a left turn, face the middle, blow your trumpets, down come the walls, and you go in and finish them off. Um, the guys on the wall would have been sitting up there having a beer, looking at all this, going, I don't know. <laughs> and the whole thing comes crashing down. You know, it, it, you're sort of beginning to feel safe and then gone, you're gone. Judgment is sudden,
0: <laughs> yeah. Although it's it's judgment for everyone except for uh, Rahab, who uh-huh, had for- been promised to be safe and secure on the life of the spies, and then yeah, you know, she survives with her whole family in her little room and they all go in and grab her.
1: And I, I sort of think about her family, okay? So you've got If Rahab's a prostitute, chances are she's at least in her late teens, at the most her early 20s, and it's her house. So she's inviting the rest of the family to come to her place and she's saying, if you want to live, you've got to be in my house and you you look out the window of her house and there's the Israeli army doing laps. And so she's spending that week rounding everybody up, getting them in the house, and she's got the red cord out the window, and you're trying to explain to the family why we're in the house, and they're all scared. And then when the walls come down, her house is in the wall. Um, And you go, God keeps his promises. All the rest of the wall goes down except my little piece of it.
0: Um, yeah, and it's, a, it's almost like a mini Passover because she's got, you know, a red scarf and you're safe in one house and, yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, and the red is, I mean, if you've got any sensitivity in the Bible for symbolism, you've got the lamb's blood over the door at Passover. They did that last week, <laughs> you know, and now this week, well, they didn't put it over the door, they didn't have doors. <laughs> intense. But here we are with her with the red out the window going, you know, when God judgment falls, I'm under the blood. I'm a, you know, somebody died for me. That's what the red is symbolising. So even though she doesn't have a lot of information, she really is putting a faith in a promise, and that the end of that promise is Jesus. Uh, that's an ama- and, and all of her family gathered in there, going, "Okay, whatever you say, love. If this is a safe place, you've done the deal with, you know, Yahweh. We're here." Um, And that's a marvellous, marvellous picture um, that says, you know, when God's judgment falls, there's one safe place and everything else is going down, and my safe place is Jesus.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of Training for Life Redeemed. If you would, um, well, that brings us to the end of Training for Life Redeemed. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you would leave us a review. And also make sure that you subscribe so that you can come back and visit us next time when we cover the next section as they start to look into uh, attacking AI and a few other cities around the place. If you want to grab the show notes, watch the video, et cetera, leave us a comment on the website. You can head over to trainingforliferedeemcom slash 39 and you can find everything there. Otherwise, I hope to see you next week.